Welcome to another podcast from Generations Church. We trust you will be encouraged today. And now it is my privilege, more than a privilege, wonderful opportunity to introduce our guest speaker this morning. He is not unknown to you. In fact, he is well known by most of you, if not all of you. He is a firefighter extraordinaire, uh, a parent theologian of depth and breadth, because I told him last week, I said, Josh, next Sunday I'm having seven of my oldest, most pious pastoral religious friends coming to our church to adjudicate your message. And Josh's response to that ominous announcement was, well, they'll probably get saved. <laughs> so you know Josh Golden. We, uh, we love Josh so much. Where'd you go? We love you so much, and we know that God's put a word on your heart for this church in this season. So no, preach the heck out of it, man. Here you go. Will do, will do. All right. Well, uh, thanks for, thanks for uh, having me speak today. Um, this is uh, my first Sunday outside of the five for five that I've ever done uh, speaking in church. So I'm going to call this the main event. Just kidding. It's not. Um, anyway, my uh, title today is In the Present. And just like Tessa last week, I'm going to drink lots of water probably. So I got two bottles. I was super prepared. Oh, That's present. All right. Um, anyway, so I'm going to try and like not have my head buried in my notes. And I'm going to try to get unnervous a little bit here. So uh, when I was asked to speak, I wanted to say no. Um, and I'm not going to be as funny as Ed and Carlisle and those other guys, but uh, it's just my, me right now trying to be serious. Uh, so I said I wanted to say no because, like, I'm not, like, the speaker. Like, that's kind of not who I am and kind of thing, even though I'm sometimes loud and whatever else. But uh, I was like, you know what? They're asking me because they see something that I might not. So I'm going to say yes, because this is an opportunity for growth. And if I'm here to say yes, then I'm going to have God be able to speak through me and use me. So that brings me to my, like, intro of when I was thinking about, like, what, what am I going to say? What, what's going to happen to me? Like, what, what does he want me to speak about? And he reminds me about this. Uh, first of all, I want to bring a word of encouragement. This is what it is today. Is I hope encourages you. So it reminds me about my past a little bit. And the last two years of my life were tough uh, for me. And I went through a journey uh, that brought me through. My wife told me not to have gum in my mouth. And then I did. Put that there for later. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, yeah, it reminds me about this last journey of the two years that I've had. Uh, back in October of last year, I got diagnosed with, uh, like, depression and anxiety. So it's kind of my lowest part of my life that I feel like I've ever been in, uh, in that terms, of just struggling. Um, and so in that time... I was so not focused 
on where I was at, that I was focused on everything else around me, what was happening, and it brought me out of being in the present. And that's how I got today is like, we're going to talk about being in the present. We're going to talk about the presence of God, and we're going to talk about being present in the present. And because, uh, so through this journey, I was off from October to February, almost six months or whatever that is. I didn't do the math. But through that time, it was a roller coaster. And I had some parts of me that I was present at home, but not present at home. I wasn't there physically. I wasn't there emotionally. I was only there physically, sorry. I wasn't there emotionally. I wasn't there mentally. It was just not good. I was actually like had to block what was going on around me just so I could survive. Like, because if I didn't listen to, like if I just let the noise like absorb in my head, I'd get angry um, because of what was going on inside of me. So when I took the time to recover, I got into God's presence. And in God's presence, his healing hand was there. I found him, and he worked in my life. His hands worked in my life, and the healing came. And it taught me a lot about being present in the present and in his presence. So soon, you know, after, after things started rolling, the ball started healing, and I and admitted kind of what was going on in my life because that was one of the things that I didn't, I wasn't admitting. I wasn't being truthful with myself. I was fine. I was okay. You know, we've heard that, that kind of message be, be spoken throughout the last few weeks and the last few months. But, I, you know, truthfully, it was like, yeah, I'm fine. Until my family told me I wasn't. And then I had to be honest with myself and say I wasn't. So that was tough. But, yeah, sitting, sitting back and focusing on the journey of recovery, you know, that's when I was actually able to, like, grow again, to be able to be present, to actually see the importance of actually listening to my kids, being there, being off my phone, being whatever it was, and just being there. So what removes us from being present? So in today's life, there's so many things that bring us out of the present moment. We can have fear. We can have worry. We can be wishing we were in a different season. Big one for me, I like hunting season. Now we're here, now I'm present. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm not present because I'm somewhere else. <laughs> Joke. Uh, but you know, it could be a different season. Like uh, thinking, well, I wish I was retired. Or I wish I was, had kids. Or maybe I wish I was married. Um, this is a big struggle of mine. Act of being busy. I'm a busy person. I like being busy. But it brings me out of the present sometimes. Because I'm thinking about what I'm going to do next. What should we do? i got to do something. Instead of just relaxing. Uh, maybe it's uh, what everybody else has. Maybe you're thinking about what everybody else has. Um, and so now you're like constantly focusing on somebody else's life instead of what God's doing in yours. So these are kind of a few distractions. Obviously, there's many, many more distractions that could remove us from being in the present. But I'm going to pick a couple of these that I really felt like God just saying, like, let's, let's see where God can help us in these circumstances and in these moments of our life when we're focusing on other things or we're, you know, what can help us? Give us some tools 
to, to work with it. And uh, so well, the first one I'm going to talk about is fear. So, you know, when I was asked to do this, it could have been fear that crept into my life and said, well, you're not good for that. You don't have anything, right? Uh, or maybe it's just uh, fear of messing up, fear of doing something wrong, fear of getting hurt. So many different fears that we have in our life from a day-to-day -day basis that if we give to that fear can grip us so strong that it actually can suffocate us and miss out on what's happening in the moment and what God's going to do. So if we look at uh, 2 Timothy 1.7, and uh, this, is, this is actually, like the verse before, this is kind of talking about um, uh, sharing our gifts that God has given us and sharing our, and being moving in, in what God's doing for us. So it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So we don't have a spirit of fear in us because God's taken that away. So why do we, you know, we don't have to have fear in our lives. We don't have to give to it because it's already, it's already God just said that. So, so we can apply that in our life. When fear rises, we can just say, well, no, I don't have a spirit of fear in me because God's taken that away. So when God's asking you to do something such as like this, I don't have to be fearful because like, I have, don't have that spirit in me, you know. Um, and then we can talk about First uh, John four, sixteen to eighteen. I'm gonna read my. So, let's read it. Uh, we know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in His love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them, and as we live in God our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we love, uh, live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for the fear of punishment, and this shows that we are not fully experienced his perfect love. So when we're present and we're living in God's presence, we're living in his perfect love and we are abiding in him and therefore perfect love casts out all fear. So we need to draw on that portion to expel that fear. When fear creeps in, we get to his presence. Boom, fear's over. No need to do that. So if you are that way, I encourage you to find his presence. Now I'm going to talk about worry. This was a good one for me. I did a lot of that uh, in the last couple of years. Um, you know, our season, we were worried about the future of my job and the future of my wife's job and the future of our, our lives. You know, I was worried about what else was going on in the world other than what was happening in my own little household. So what does worry do to us? It creates anxiety, stresses us out, pulls us out of a moment, so many things that worry does to us. And I'm only touching on the basis here. We can dig deeper at a later time, but worry, worry can basically destroy your life if you let it. 
So in Matthew 6, 31 to 34, this is Jesus speaking. And what does he tell us? He says, Don't worry about these things, saying, What will I eat? What will I drink? Or what will we, what will we wear? These things dominate thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow brings, will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Right then and there, you know, that's a tool for us to just hold on to. That's Jesus speaking, saying, don't worry. Tomorrow will worry on it, like has enough things going on. Worry about today, today. Be today. Be present. That's what it means. Today is today. So live right now. There's no better time than the present. So, uh, just, yeah, that, that, that right there can give us, like, encouragement, you know, to say, okay, well, God, the Bible tells me, Jesus tells me not to worry. So what are we doing? So then we can also look at 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. So humble yourselves unto the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up with honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. So here's a practical thing that we can just do and say, God, here's my worries. This is what I'm worrying about, God. I want to give it to you. You take it. The Bible says, he says you'll take it, right? So these are practical things that we can just put into our lives on a daily basis. When that worry creeps in, boom, hand it over. Let's see what else he can tell us about it. Let's look at Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus So that's that's pretty strong uh, statement right there. You know, where is it? Can you put it back up? You know, uh, go to the six. Don't worry. Again, it says don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Thank him for all he's done. Man, so now we're changing our attitude too there in the present. Because we're, we're not worrying anymore, and now we're being thankful, which are two different, two different things here, right? So we've gone from worrying to thankfulness. Now we walk in thankfulness, and now we're focusing on the present. And we're thanking for what he already has done and what he's going to do. So now we're putting our focus on him instead of what we don't have or what we don't need or what we, whatever it is, whatever the worry is. Man, yeah, it is dry up here. This air is a little bit different, I think. <laughs> so now that we kind of beat the crap out of worry, we don't have to do that. Oh, my gum is stuck to my pages. <laughs> That's awesome. I've already done that page, so I'll just fold it in there. So we're going to look at uh, 
We're going to look now. I want to touch uh, base on uh, your seasons. Wishing you were in a different season. Now, this is anything. You know, it's wishing maybe you were in a different uh, job. Maybe you were different, you know, wishing you were older or had kids or retired or tired or just anything. Like, you know, you're just in a different season. And, um, man, in Ecclesiastes, which is the longest scripture of all, we're not going to read it uh, fully, but we're going to look at Ecclesiastes 3. And I'm going to just read the first, uh, maybe couple for a sec here. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. And then it goes through a lot of times that there is. So we don't need to read those because everyone kind of knows that there's a time for everything. Just said there was. <laughs> then we're going to go down to, I don't even, oh, it's split it up. Just won't, hold on a sec. I had it in my notes and then it didn't save what verse it was. So we're going to look at verse... Nine. We're going to start reading in nine, after it explains all the times that there is. Uh, what do people really get? Oh, I'm going to read it from here. Uh, what do people really get for all their hard work? I have seen the burden God has placed on all of us, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart, but even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from the beginning to the end. I'm going to read that again. Yet, God made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, God cannot, or people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from the beginning to the end. So you're thinking you should be in a different season of your life. But God's saying right now in the present, what you're in is beautiful. So why should we rush out of it? Why should we rush the growth that's happening in our lives? Why should we think that we shouldn't be where we're at today in the present? Because God says it's beautiful. We might think it's hell, and that's fine because I've been there. And it's like not real hell, but I've had it like crap in my life. And, uh, you know... God's saying that was beautiful. God's telling me that. He's saying it's beautiful. So why should we see it differently? If we're looking at it through our eyes, yeah, it looks like crap. But God's saying it's beautiful. So maybe we should look through his eyes and look and see, what is God going to do in this moment? What, is, what am I learning here? What's the growth? What's happening? You know, start asking these questions in those seasons, and you're going to get different results. So be patient in those times, right? Then, then we're not rushing. We're moving forward. You know, and then we can see maybe what God's going to do and move for us, and, and we can go through that, uh, that season differently with different attitude. Um, where'd that page go? See, this is what happens when you bury your notes. Then you get all flustered. <clears throat> because the truth is we can't, the, you know, the scripture says we can't, we don't know God's entire plan. We don't know it from the beginning to the end. 
So I think if, if we try and, if we try and uh, do things ourselves, right, and we try in that season to change our season, then we're going to miss what he's doing. And that can be troublesome because you're going to get yourself into trouble. You're going to end up being in a situation you maybe put yourself more uncomfortable, maybe into a different thing. And, uh, and that's not what God's telling us to do. He's saying, you know, slow down basically and enjoy it. Because everything, there's nothing new under the sun. And that's what Ecclesiastes says there in that time frame too. You know, it says like, whatever's happened has already, has already happened in the past or has already been done. So there's nothing new. So, you know, maybe that's where you find a friend or somebody that you trust to help you walk through that. You know, that's where you can go to God's presence and put that before him. Because what happens when you're not, when you're not uh, focused on your season that you're in, it also builds up worry. Because now you're thinking you should be somewhere else. And then you're not focused on what he's wanting you to do. So you're going to miss it. And I'm guilty of that. I've done that quite a bit. And these are all struggles I've faced. And that's why I'm sharing them with you. Because I think it's uh, wise to learn from people's struggles and people's situations. And I'm by no, mere, uh, by no way uh, perfect in any of these and doing any of this. Uh, and that's why it was, it was a real opportunity for me to grow during this time because it was able to reflect on what God was doing in that time of healing and recovery for me over the last two years. Because I didn't necessarily like hone in and look at exactly it and depict it. This actually helped me be able to kind of pull it apart and see what the heck was going on. So, you know, looking forward, you know, it's great to have a, a plan of future. Everyone, you know, you should have a plan in your life, you know, a goal and an idea of where you're heading. Um, you know, and that kind of leads you to a new season. But you don't want to be so focused on that you're missing the present. You don't want to, you know, it, you, it's, it's great to have those goals. And, we, you know, but you don't want to be so driven at a five-year plan that you kind of miss the mark right now and how to get there. Because that, that journey is beautiful. I'm probably not going to hit the 35-minute mark, just for the record. But... Not uh, too long-winded. So, I'm almost actually thinking I'm about to close, which is crazy, I know. But, uh, let's not rush God's presence, right? That's what it says. We just talked about that. Um, so, the Bible says in Psalm 1611, you will make known the path to my life and in your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand, there are pleasures forever. So in your presence... So they were saying, in God's presence is fullness of joy. And so when you're not in the present, you're going to miss God's presence. Because that's the only time that you can get God's presence is in the present. You know, you might have had it in the past, but reflecting on the past doesn't bring God's presence now. It's not the same. It's not like a, 
formula, if we do this, this, and this, then we get this. It's, I'm living now, we're right here, right now, and right now, we're in the present, and we're in God's presence. And I'm here and engaged, and we're going to experience the fullness of joy. So the fullness of joy, to me, is, is pretty vast. But what does it do? It takes away all your worry. It takes away your stress. It takes away your anxiety. It takes away all that stuff. So when you're focused on the moment of right now, and you're focused on the present, that's when you can focus on what God's doing in the present. And he's going to have you there, and you're going to be there. Because if I'm not focused there, and I'm focused on what my neighbor has, or if I'm focused on what somebody else is doing in their life, then I'm going to miss what God's doing in mine, or how he's going to use me, or how he wants me to speak and move out and do something. So a lot of our lack of joy isn't about our possession. I'm going to say it's from our position. And what I mean by that is if I'm not in the position of being here in the present, I'm missing out on the fullness of joy that it says in the Psalms. When, his present, when you're in his presence, there's fullness of joy. And so if I'm not in that position of being present, then I'm going to have, if I'm not there, I'm going to have lack of joy. And that maybe not all the time. Maybe it's only sometimes, you know, that, that you'd have that full lack of joy. But I'd rather have the fullness of joy. And so when you stay in that position of being present all the time, and you're in that position, you're going to get his presence. And you're going to be present. And you're going to be able to be used in whatever way he wants to, if you're open. And if you're receiving that and you're wanting to be used. Because God's presence is everywhere. It's always with you. It's always there. So it's not a lack of his presence in your life. It's a lack of your presence in your life, in your moment right now. And so I'm going to encourage us today to be present, to live present. There's a difference between being present physically and actually being present emotionally and mentally and all of those things. There's a difference there. And so if we can identify those differences and be there in the present, be there all the time, God's going to be with us. He has to. It says that. It says he's always with us. You know, it's not, it's, it's not that he's not going to be there. He is there. He's always with us. He's everywhere. So, and then, you know, today you're, you're present at church. And I hope today during worship you are present. Because if you were, you would have felt his presence. And in those presence that we have, and when we feel God's presence, it's building. It builds us up. It builds up who we are. It helps us out. It grows us. You know, as a community of the church, it builds our church. It builds us up. It edifies us. And, and then when we're present in those moments, then, you know, Pastor Amy today, and, her, and she's present. She felt God's presence. You know, Connie and Casey got blessed. You know, God, God spoke through them and, and blessed you guys, I hope. That's the way I've seen it from my side. You know, because I was present, I was watching. So I just want to encourage you to be present. Live in the presence. There's no better time than now. 
can't focus on the past. You can learn from the past, go back there and visit like I did to prepare for this message, but I didn't dwell there. I wasn't focused on that. I was focused on what God's gonna bring for today. And, uh, and that's it. Uh, yeah. He just said, done. It's done. I honest, honestly, I made the assumption that Josh would really have the style of a preacher, but I don't know if you notice, he actually has the style of a teacher. I feel like, I know, Alea, his wife, Alea, is a teacher, and a great one. And I feel like, man, Josh, he would have made it in the classroom too, actually. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for being obedient to what God has been doing in your life in the last year. And uh, as as Josh has passed, past, pastor, I've... I've been knee-deep in the crap with, with Josh in the last year. It was a hard year for him. He never thought he'd probably see a year like that in his life, and then he found himself in a really hard place. And I marvel at how when we become still in the moments that God has us in, we begin to hear his voice very clearly, very specifically. And I just, Josh, it's not that you didn't do a good job. I just really feel led in this moment just to drill down on something that I find quite miraculous about Ecclesiastes 3.11. And uh, just listen to these words again. He has made everything beautiful in its time, and he also said eternity in the hearts of men. But no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. This is profoundly true with what Josh shared with us this morning about being present because, because what God is saying here in Ecclesiastes 3.11 is, I have in the past tense made everything beautiful in the present tense. That's not the way it works from human standards, is it? We don't, we don't go back in time to make something beautiful in the present, but that's actually what God does. And this is why we're suspended in this basket, if you will, called eternity. Just so you know, God moves around timelessly we're the ones who are in time and so my friend lee is we've walked together through some hardship and some difficulty there's this there is this desire in the human heart to battle and sometimes you don't know why sometimes you can't figure out what it is you that that that, that causes you to hope for more to dream for more to think for more to pray for more to ask for more And it's also the reason why the enemy comes after you so hard to say, just give up in this moment. This is the moment to lay down and die. This is the moment to quit. Why do you think the enemy comes to you and says, this is the moment to quit? It's because he knows the truth that this is the moment to experience the miraculous presence and power of God. And there is no suspension to God with regard to time. He's beyond that. He's through that. He makes things. He made things beautiful for your present. And you might be sitting here this morning saying, Pastor Trapp, you have no idea what I'm going through, the crap that I'm dealing with in my life right now. I don't have to know. Because God right now is willing to begin to reveal to you the beauty of your moment. I've been abused, been raped, been beat down, 
been torn to pieces. I appreciate that all those things are true, and I don't mean to diminish anyone's pain. Not at all. But Josh is right. The living God in your moment today, if you choose to be present in it, can begin to show you the beauty of what he can do with your brokenness, those heart-wrenching moments, those failures. And if God, just let me ask you, if God can do all that with your brokenness and your failure, tell me what he can't do with the stuff that you would have to admit is going quite well for you. It's an amazing, profoundly amazing thing. Josh, I really appreciate what you shared this morning. I think it was a timely word as we kick off this fall season as a church family. All of the exciting things that are ahead of us, all of the great things God is doing in people's lives. So we're going to close the service like we always do. I'm going to sing a last song just to give you a moment to respond to what God might be saying to you today. But before we can do that, we have to ask the question. And the question we're always going to ask is, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today? What are you saying to me today, God? So we're just going to take 10, 12, 15 seconds right now in the presence of God. And I encourage every single one of you to ask this question. Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do with what I've heard today? Let's ask him. We have some members of our prayer team that are up on either side of the front here. And I encourage you to go and see them, to talk with them, let them pray with you about anything that God might be doing in your heart today. You might be sitting in church this morning or watching online and you don't actually have a relationship with Jesus in a way that puts you in touch with the Creator, the one who made you and knows you. And that's the only way that that can happen. I know there's a lot of people in the world who might say there's a lot of ways to God, and, and, and that's just not the case. There might be seven and a half billion ways to Jesus, but Jesus is the only way to the Father. And so this morning, if you need to make that choice in your life, if you need to respond to what God is tugging on your heart to do, it would be a great day for this to be the day that you got saved. And what being saved looks like, what it, what it looks like to be a disciple of Jesus Christ is to acknowledge that you're in need of him, to ask him to forgive your sin, and then begin to follow after him. Follow his teaching. Do what he says to do. Uh, but I don't know what sin is and what sin isn't. I tell you what, it's really simple. We let the Bible define for us what is sin. We let the Holy Spirit convict our hearts of what is sin, because that's one of his roles. It's actually not complicated. But those things come. So if you're here this morning and maybe you need to connect with Jesus so that you can experience salvation in your life, we'd love for you to come and pray with one of us as well. If you have sickness in your body, if your relationships are in trouble, anything at all, there is no reason that you need to leave this place today the same way that you walked in. Because there is a God in heaven who in this present moment is here to hear prayers, to minister to your heart. So as we sing this last song, we're going to stand together. And if you would like prayer this morning, I want you to come. Guys, let's sing. Father, thank you for every person in this room. 
And Holy Spirit, as we've asked the question, what do you want to say to us this morning? I pray, God, that you would give us the boldness, the courage to respond to what it is you put on our heart. Amen. Thank you for joining us in another podcast from Generations Church. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast channel to get a new one each week. For additional information or to partner with us, please check out our website at www.genchurch.ca.